Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Thank you so much for joining us. I wanted to remind you that now you can record your questions in our podcast website, which is sexologypodcast.com. There is this blue tab that says, ask your questions from Dr. M. And I'll try to answer as many of them as possible in our future shows, depending on the a number of the questions, I might dedicate the entire episode to them, or I'm just going to record the bonus ones as we go. Again, I love to hear from you. So don't be shy and record your questions in our podcast website. Today, we're going to talk about, as I said, sexual jealousy. And our guest is Dr. Elizabeth Bonnet. Shortly after earning her PhD in 1998, Dr. Bonnet left the field of psychology to pursue a technical career. She worked in tech for many years, doing project management and launching the first website to do online trading of international securities. She then left that field to be a stay-at-home mom and entrepreneur, growing her prenatal yoga business into an award-winning company. Dr. Bonner returned to the field of psychology in 2008. She opened her own private practice located in Fort Lauderdale area in Hollywood, Florida in 2010. As a certified hypnotherapist with a PhD in clinical psychology, Dr. Bonner helped people feel more emotionally stable, happier and more connected to their partner friends and loved ones of their choosing. 
Specialties are hypnosis for anxiety reduction and chronic conditions, couple counseling, and prenatal mood disorders. You can also check out her podcast. It's fantastic. It calls Hypnotize Me. She launched it in 2016, which has over 20,000 downloads and is listened to in over 70 countries. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Bonnet. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm super excited for our guest today. As I mentioned during the introduction, Doctor, we have Dr. Elizabeth Bonnet. Uh, she is an author. She's a psychologist. She's a fellow podcaster. She, she's such an accomplished person that I was just sharing with her that I was wow with reading her bio. Dr. Elizabeth, welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I follow your podcast for a long time, so I was quite happy to get an invite. Oh, thank you. Same with your podcast. It has such an interesting topic and definitely want, uh, I want to make sure that people kind of understand about that and know about it for sure, because it's on hypnosis, right? Yes, it's called Hypnotize Me, and it's all about hypnosis. Awesome, awesome. And I, I, and I know that uh, we talked about a little bit about how we could uh, tie that to the topic today. So absolutely stay tuned. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess it's a little bit of a preview for our listeners. So let's start with talking about sexual jealousy. I find this topic very fascinating because many of the couples that coming to my practice Speak part of them to struggle. There are struggles around sexual jealousy, and they're telling me how they feel kind of ashamed about that. So, do you think is sexual jealousy natural? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like I do. <laughs> I, and I have the same experience. Like, I'm Gottman trained level one, and I do see couples and specialized in marriage and family for a long time. And sexual jealousy is a, is a big factor. I'm surprised to hear that you say that they feel ashamed, though. I, in the couples I've seen, it's almost been like, it's a given, like, of course, I'm going to be jealous. And then we have to talk about that some and work with it and see what's happening there. So that is interesting. How do you see the shame come up? So I think that was an excellent point. So some of the couples I see they kind of want to explore polyamory. They're, they are in open relationships. So they think they kind of navigated that. And then okay. they kind of say, oh, my God, this is a real issue for me. And then they feel shameful about I made this arrangement and I'm now I'm feeling shameful about it. Oh, very interesting. And that makes complete sense. So, yeah, I see more couples in closed marriages, like monogamous marriages. But definitely when you get into open and polyamorous my experience has been there's often this theoretical in their mind, like, yeah, let's do this. And they even research it right. and that type of thing. But then when you get to the actuality of it, like, what is this really like for you as the couple? Then absolutely jealousy comes right up. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't, doesn't always match what they thought it would be like. Absolutely. Yes. And sometimes they're telling me that, like, as you said, on theory, I, I, I'm, I have all those things that the way I'm going to do it, certain ways I'm going to do this, I'm going to navigate it this way. And when the circumstances kind of change, they feel this strong 
feeling of sexual jealousy. So, but you're absolutely right. I see it in monogamous couple all the time as well. There is because of arrangement, they might not necessarily feel shameful about it. As you mentioned, they, we were, they were thinking that was part of our agreement. So what's going on? Yes, exactly. Whereas like an open marriage, it's more like, oh, you, there's a shouldn't in there, right? That creates the shame. Right. Like you shouldn't be jealous. Like we agreed to do this, right? Right, right. Versus like a closed marriage. That's, it's like, no, we agreed it's just us. And now I'm jealous of potential or sometimes there's an affair that goes on. And of course, that's a, a whole different animal as well. But it's often this possessive jealousy and this anxious jealousy, like what if, what if she leaves me for somebody else? And so then I'm going to control her in this way, in this way, in this way. So yeah, it presents very differently. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see sometimes the opposite of what we just discussed, that the partner coming in and she or he says like, he or she is not jealous. What's wrong with him? He doesn't like me. <laughs> so I had certainly like that, yeah, certainly had the other way of like kind of talking, exploring about it because they think their partner, maybe they don't desire them. That's why they're not jealous. Hmm, so interesting. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen couples with that as much as the other, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an aspect too of, Occasionally, a partner will try to create jealousy so that they can feel valued, right? And that's generally like game playing, quote unquote, is what we call that, which isn't really healthy for a marriage right, right. at all. But but it is the sense of if I create this and I'll know that they really love me. Right. And I know it is just, as you said, it's very normal, regardless of the arrangement you have in your marriage or relationship to feel jealousy. So what do you think would are the function of emotional and sexual jealousy if we want to think about it through like lens of evolution and other factors? Yeah, it's it has been studied and studied and studied across all kinds of cultures. <laughs> it is across all kinds of generations. And pretty much it's pretty agreed. It's a robust effect now that jealousy is pretty normal. It has an evolutionary basis in terms of protecting your resource, right? Like for the woman, the resource of the male that's going to provide for her and provide for that child. And for the male of, okay, I'm putting, you know, I'm not, I don't want to support a child that's not mine. But I, I do want to say too, to be inclusive here, that they've studied jealousy less in same sex couples, but it is still very much functions almost almost the same as in heterosexual couples. So they are, homosexual couples are more alike than different from heterosexual couples when it comes to jealousy. Interesting. So you still have the same effect. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and absolutely. And I can see that there are definitely parallels and there are some differences, as you mentioned. But it is, I think it's human nature to see like, if someone wants what you have, then it brings up so much emotion. So that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And I think too, as homosexual marriage becomes more legalized, I know podcasts are listened to all over the world. So it just varies from country to country and different areas. But as it becomes more legalized, then it's, it's, they're seeing jealousy like even more. So it's like, oh, okay, now 
there's this partner who's mine, quote unquote, right? Right. (laughs) Because of the marriage. (laughs) Right. So what they found is that emotional infidelity is more of a threat, particularly for lesbian couples versus like physical infidelity, sexual is more of a threat for gay men. So it's really interesting when you start to break it down between the different types as well, like emotional infidelity and someone having an emotional affair with someone and losing time and attention is a threat there versus sexual, like someone has had an affair or the partner's fantasizing that they're going to have an affair. Right. And I I'm yeah. always find this study is so fascinating because they find different kind of like some subgroup, they they have like they struggle with one kind of jealousy versus others. So yeah, that's interesting that you says, you know, in lesbian couples, it's more emotional and in gay couples are more sexual. Yeah. And I know they say that about women and men too. I know I was in college mm-hmm. and one of the classes saying women are more sensitive on emotional jealousy and I'm, but I'm now I'm thinking that for me the sexual jealousy is more painful like if my husband is sexually involved with someone else it breaks my heart more <laughs> if he's emotionally involved with someone else I guess it's part of it's so what kind of meaning you associate with that yes I think it is the kind of meaning you associate and and definitely it's it, women are threatened more by emotional affairs than men are in heterosexual couples as well. So men are, they're threatened more by like physical attractiveness or dominance, like a rival's dominance, quote unquote, you know, and it's like, there's all kinds of ways to define that. But it's basically if they're threatened more by that, then the women are like emotional. And they're, they're also threatened by physical attractiveness as well. But it's not this sense of that woman is more accomplished this and this than me well like it is for men oh I see what about what how do you define dominance yeah I I I don't really (laughs) 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 me it's really a perceptual thing absolutely I was thinking about that yeah it really is it's how the man perceives it so it, it some of that is accomplishment some of that is physical size, like I think the research studies break it down all kinds of different ways, but in, in general, they group it into quote unquote, a man who looks like they're more accomplished, can provide better from an evolutionary sense, like all of this stuff that goes into it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And I know sometimes, so I, when I work with my female client, they're, they're with, with this wonderful providing partner and They tell me about how much they crave that raw image of masculinity and dominance. And so that's very interesting, I think, as far as like we want to explore that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. It's really is because that is what would be the most threatening, right, to their own partner if, if they're craving that kind of thing. Right, right. That's, yeah, I find all those things. <laughs> I can talk about them uh, for hours, but so I'm just kind of curious. I know, as you mentioned, in relationships, people experience it differently. So what are some of the manifestation of jealousy in relationships? Oh my gosh, all kinds of stuff like possessiveness, not wanting their partner to do things, be out in the world, like controlling, trying to control their partner's behavior, Anger comes up, of course, right? Right. It it comes out all kinds of different ways. Sometimes you get into a partner who's 
stalking their own partner to make sure jealousy doesn't happen. I mean, it's it's really important because there was some study done in Baltimore, and this was like 50 years ago or something, but it was like it can re- lead to real physical violence. So it was, they looked at, I think it was 36 murder cases and out of, which are, which happened domestically in 26 of them or 27 of them were due to jealousy. Oh, so wow. one part, yeah, someone <laughs> killed the other partner and it was, it's just shocking, but that's often what will happen if it's, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. I'm not saying like anyone who's jealous is going to end up there. Not at all. Okay. Right. Let's hope not. Okay. Yeah. But it can lead to violence in relationships depending on what's going on. And it certainly can lead to controlling behavior and possessiveness and this feeling of distrust in the relationship. It actually creates distrust. So it generally does the opposite of what the partner wants it to do. So the the partner who's jealous is thinking, you know, I'm going to get everything I need here. They'll just do this, right? Right. And and really that it creates exactly the opposite. It creates hate. There's a famous quote from a British sexologist, um, Havelock Ellis. It says, jealousy is that dragon which slays love under the pretense of keeping it alive. Oh, that is so fascinating. I haven't heard of this one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it destroys relationships. People do leave partnerships because of jealousy if it gets too extreme. Absolutely. Yeah. And I sometimes I feel as you were talking about can kind of the feeling of distrust can impact relationship, impair their level of intimacy. For example, one of my clients, she was telling me that how her husband got or like throughout the time more suspicious and more jealous. And so again, the feeling part of it, I think just you got to, you can have your feeling. It's not a big deal. We all have range of feeling, but how we're acting is like really can be really problematic. Even in therapy, she was telling me, I'm thinking he's recording. And this woman I work with her in the past, she's not, she doesn't have like paranoia or anything like that. But she was so kind of, she's seen so many unhelpful and like scary behaviors from her partner that now she was thinking that she's, she was getting monitored all the time and that led to their divorce. Yeah, I completely believe it. Right. If you feel like your life is not your own, that someone does not trust you, you know, past the door, even in your own house, they're checking on you, they're recording you, like nobody wants to live like that. Right. And I think it can kill desire if you're feeling control. I mean, if that's not part of your arousal template, if you're you're feeling that someone is trying to limit you versus thinking about, okay, my partner is desirable. She has or he has all these options, but he or she choose to be with me. So I think it's definitely different. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think so. So what do you think is there a distinction between competitiveness and jealousy? Because many people make some similarity between those two. Yes. So competitiveness, I think, is a factor, particularly when you're looking at men and dominance, right? And, and thinking, okay, I've got to be more dominant than him or in that type of relationship, right? right. But it's also pursuit of a target, right? It's pursuit of something, and jealousy often happens when the, the target's been obtained, 
like the the person is theirs. Right. Right. But the person, but the other partner is unsure they can hold on to that person. So it's like, okay, I've got her. She's mine, but I don't know if I can hold on to her. So now jealousy starts going on. And this is in a committed relationship. There's certainly jealousy that goes on before people reach that stage. And competitiveness in that framework is part of it. Like, yeah, can I win? Can I get this person? Can I get her to be mine or him to be mine? It's like male or female, the both experience jealousy. I'm just using the male to female for an easy way to talk about it. Right. And I think with jealousy, I think with at least the way I look at it, with competitiveness, necessarily there's not this negative self-critical voice usually involved with it. But with jealousy, there is just some, based on my experience, there's some negative critical voice that's saying that, Maybe she's better than you. So like there's this competition, but there's this comparison. And usually people see themselves sometimes less than this potential partner. So I, that's, that's also I see as part of it. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the root of jealousy is really a self-esteem problem. It's am I good enough? And not really believing that. Am I good enough for this person? Like he or she has chosen me, but how do I make sure that I'm good enough? Maybe I'm not. And then that whole cycle starts. Absolutely. And I think partly it's something that comes from within, as you mentioned, that I have, I work with couples that they, their partner continuously reassure them that he or she is the one and they're invested in this relationship. But because of sometimes the early ruptures they experience, their attachment style, it's really challenging for them to believe that that this relationship, this attachment is secure and they're, they're potentially not necessarily any other threat to that relationship. Yes. Attachment is definitely an issue here. Attachment style, early attachment, the attachments they had, if they were unstable attachments, insecure attachments, then you're going to carry that forward into your grown-up relationships, into your adult relationships Personality style is a factor. So they, they do know there's people that are more like trait jealous, uh-huh. sort of like, you know, someone who's it's very similar to someone who's more anxious in general. Right? So we have some friends that are pretty chill and laid back and they don't get anxious that much. And then we have some friends that are more high strung and they're anxious about all kinds of stuff. And then people vary along that scale. They found the same thing with jealousy. So there's some people who are more prone to it. They call it trait jealousy versus jealousy that may arise just from a situation or moment and then it's resolved and it's gone. So that's definitely a factor. Level of trust in the relationship is a factor. So sometimes the partner will do something to make it worse. It's not just a one directional kind of effect. There is a dynamic going on there. There is the coupleship that's happening So that's a factor. Length of the relationship, like how long someone's been together is a factor, meaning like the longer you're together, often the less jealousy you feel and more secure you feel. But it also depends on the dynamic of the relationship. So if you have, let's say you're in a a marriage that it doesn't, you may have been married 20 years and it still doesn't feel secure. Like you still have all kinds of conflict that come up and then you can't resolve and it doesn't feel like a happy marriage, quote unquote, like all these different factors. Well, then 
you're going to feel more jealousy, let's say, in that one than one where it's like, no, we know we're both happily married, very committed to each other. (laughs) You know, we're in this for the long haul. So that's a factor as well. Yeah, that's very interesting. Absolutely. I think attachment, as you said, it's really important because I see that sometimes children, the way they perceive the family dynamic, they had to kind of compete for their primary caregiver's attention and love, and they didn't experience it as something that was like unconditional. So they had to work for earning it. And I love that you were talking about how it depends on the quality of the relationship. I know that I have worked with people that they were in a certain relationship and it was just like this back and forth of lack of trust and all these fights and there were challenges and they were absolutely fine in another relationship because of the changes in the dynamic. But also I think big part of it, I see, as you said, it's it, it can be the self-esteem challenge. So I had people that said, okay, this the issue is my partner and they end the relationship. And in the next relationship, because it's part of their personality traits, they see the same kind of pattern arises. Yes. Yeah, there is the personality factors in it. And you're right. It does depend on the dynamic of the relationship. One person could be in one relationship and jealousy is not that much of a factor. Maybe it pops up from time to time, but it's not this ever-present thing. Whereas they get into another one and it is an ever-present thing. And some of that is the dynamics there and how the partner reacts and do they reassure, do they not? It just all, you know, it's so, so fascinating that it really depends on how the two people communicate about this and how their love for each other like develops around this, right? Like, it really is, can be, a partner can, has a huge influence on that, but it's not all dependent on the partner. It's like you bring into it yourself all these different aspects of it. And and sometimes you do get someone who, who truly is controlling in every relationship and jealousy is a factor in every relationship. And then you have to start looking at, okay, what's going on here that is creating this pattern like, what, what are you doing and what's going on inside? And let's look at not just behaviors, feelings, you know, let's look at the whole picture here, all of that. Because jealousy isn't just the feeling, it's the behavior that goes with it, too. It's that, you know, acting it out on your partner almost, right? right. <laughs> like making requests of your partner. And sometimes partners can rationally talk about it and talk about their feelings and they come to an agreement about it and everybody's reassured and they go on. And sometimes they can't do that. They need the help of a therapist or they need the help of a friend or they come to it sometimes on their own or sometimes they can't do it. It continues to be a problem and a a pain point for the relationship. Right. So is it possible to get rid of it? How do you kind of, and I know you talked about potentially with hypnosis and like couples work. So how do you usually address that in therapy? Well, the hypnosis that I do, I think that we talked about was more around like heartbreak Mm -hmm. and jealousy. Right. So when heartbreak happens, that's a whole nother picture. So I'm going to talk about that briefly and then I'll come back to what you can do in a couple shit together. Like how do you, or if you're coming in an individual saying, I'm a really jealous person. I don't know what to do here, but I know this has to be fixed. (laughs) Right. Right. So with heartbreak, 
the focus there is on releasing that partner. And that means blocking everything you can. Okay, talk about when we throw social media into the mix with jealousy, it's it's like a storm, okay? We can put a curse word on the front of that. It's like a shit storm, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, like social media makes everything worse in terms of jealousy. And, and it is a real effect. They have studied this many times. And it's something like 66% of people have checked their partner's like private messages on social media. And the, the other 33% are described as like patiently waiting for the right opportunity. That's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so, funny. Yeah, right? So it is a real effect. But when you're talking about a heartbreak and letting go of that jealousy, jealousy is almost always like primary when someone has broken up. Like, oh my God, they're going to be with somebody else, right? Like that is straight up jealousy. So the recommendation there is block absolutely everything, block them on Facebook, delete the texts, delete pictures, or put them in a a buried folder on your laptop that you can't access easily. You know, try to really make a clean break there. Two, decrease jealousy. And then hypnosis can go in and it's very much like, let's look at the trauma going on, the grief process. So the grief process of not just losing a partner, but losing the dreams that you had together. Like perhaps you had all these plans together and those aren't going to happen now. So it's a grief process of that and also releasing some of that, those jealous feelings, like let's focus on you here in increasing your self-worth and self-esteem so that, you know, that person isn't the only person in the world that can make you feel good, right? Like that's, that's what it boils down to on, on some level. Like right. that's not, that's not the only fish in the sea here. There are plenty of others. <laughs> I like that abundance mentality. Yeah, absolutely. So when you start to look at it, from an individual level or in couples, there's there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. And, and there's overlap there, right? When you're talking about developing your own self and stop comparing yourself to others because jealousy is often comparison. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not as good as her or I'm not as good as him. And what if they leave me for her? Or what if they leave me for him? Or, you know, it's that kind of thing. So working on your own growth your own worth, the thought of I'm not good unless someone loves me. So sometimes it goes into that arena of, no, you're, you are worthy, period, on your own. Like we live in such a coupleship culture, and this is around the world, obviously for biological and evolutionary reasons, right? right? But it's, it's, coming into this ownership of like, you don't have to be coupled to feel good about yourself. Like even if this person did leave you, you're still worthy. That that may not be about you. So let's work on you. Let's work on you feeling good about yourself and feeling like you have something to offer, not just your partner, but the world. Like meaning, what kind of meaning do you have in your life? What kind of service do you do? So all of that can help in terms of an individual. When you're talking about couples, then communication is really important. Like, let's communicate about this. Let's 
talk about guidelines for how we want to interact in the world. So you encourage trust in each other, but with guidelines. So it's like, all right, one of the highest risk categories for affairs is an, an old lover from like high school that they connect with on like Facebook or something, okay, right. or some kind of social media. Very high risk category for affairs. So a couple may say, okay, look, my private messages are open. They're open to each other. Or if you're contacted by someone of someone who could be at risk to the relationship, you know, whether if that's in a heterosexual relationship, the opposite sex or a homosexual relationship, it's like, nope, an old lover or someone like that. Then we talk about that and we share that. Or there's guidelines around, um, it's okay to write them a note and say, hey, how are you doing? Nice to hear from you. But, you know, I've been married for seven years and we don't really have relationships out, outside of our marriage. You know, like right. setting a firm limit, right? And the indication to that person contacting them, like my marriage is my priority. Some couples, their agreements are that their profile pictures are of them as a couple instead of just single. Right. So that that sends a strong message right there. Like it's either them as a couple or them with their kids. Right there, it's a visual cue to everybody else. This is my primary relationship. So some of them make those kinds of agreements. So you know, creating rituals together, like eating together, doing things outside of like in the real world, it sort of sounds ridiculous because you know you like live together, right? And you spend the whole <laughs> night together. But so much of that time is spent on computers and phones and, you know, involved in in the virtual world. So it's making agreements to put that virtual world away some. Like we're not going to live our whole lives there. We're going to interact with each other in real time meaning we're going to have dinner every night or we're going to do a meditation together in the morning or we run together, whatever that looks like for the couple. So that's a good one as well. Let's see. Building that part of yourself that knows that you would be okay if you lost them. So that's a hard one. People don't like to hear that. They say like, I would be devastated if I lost them. My life would be over. I can't even imagine it, right? And those are good, strong love feelings. Like, yes, like we know you're bonded and attached to this person. But if you're having problems with jealousy, the flip side of that is, all right, let's work on the part of yourself that would be okay, even if something happened to them. And that may be that you lose the partner in all kinds of ways, loss can happen. So it's developing that part of the ego, really saying, okay, you have some ego strength here that you're going to be okay in the world without them. So that gets more into ego work for some therapists. Hypnosis can be helpful in terms of that. But it's going a little bit deeper, though, than just this little, the, the more surface level of behaviors, right? Like, let's do X, Y, and Z together. Is it about accessing the unconscious? Is that part of hypnosis? Definitely for hypnosis, accessing the unconscious. Yeah. And going back and doing some healing. So I talked about inner child healing on another podcast, Women in Depth. I know we're both fans of that podcast. Right, right. Lourdes Viado, she's excellent. And I talked some about the inner child healing. So some of this is going back into that. It is like saying, okay, perhaps your attachment 
was not the best. It was insecure with your mom or your dad or whoever that was for you or something happened or you had siblings that your parents always tried to split, right? Meaning like one child was a favorite child and perhaps that wasn't you and you always had to compete or you always had to compete for something, right? Not even like there's a favorite child. There's a story my ex-husband tells of these two friends of his and it's two boys about two years apart and they were, they were eating dinner and my ex-husband had four boys in his family. So there's four brothers and they're all growing up and there's a lot of competition for food. That's what he always said. Right? <laughs> I, can, I can believe that. That's the same with my husband too. <laughs> right. And at one point, these two brothers, like one, like actually stabbed the other with the fork in the hand because he's <laughs> reaching for food that he thought it was his, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what the parents did at that point. (laughs) But it's like you could imagine that that might be the person who then acts out his jealousy later. Like, that's okay for me to do something, you know, about my jealousy versus like, all right, let's talk about this. There's plenty of food for everybody. You know, (laughs) there's plenty (laughs) of food. Everybody's going to get fed here. So Hypnosis can go back to some of those early experiences where perhaps perhaps there wasn't enough food for everybody, you know, or perhaps there wasn't enough love for everybody. Like people grow up in all kinds of circumstances that don't provide what they need as little children. And not even saying it's the parent's fault. It's not often sometimes a circumstance that happens. But yeah, you can go back and do some of that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. And the other part of that is kind of as you were mentioning that it's wonderful to have this like communicate these things, your your boundaries with your partner, but also being comfortable with your feelings and what you want. Because sometimes, for example, I work with this young professional woman, and one of them she was telling with me that she loves the image of that she has about like she's carefree, she's cool, she seems like there is the the image that she wants people to see her as like she doesn't care she doesn't feel threatened and she, she in this particular relationship that she had it was very painful for her to watch and see that her partner and they had this non-commit they weren't this non-committed relationship she was saying that it was so painful for her to see her partner with someone else but she didn't want she wasn't comfortable speaking up because that would impact her image of being this carefree young woman oh yes definitely and I think the younger generations I'm in my 40s so like the generations in their 20s it's almost par for course is what I've heard at least in the U.S. in terms of colleges where it's like no it's it's somehow the shameful thing to say I want to be committed I just want you Right. You know, I want to be in a relationship with just you, that somehow you're not supposed to say that or it conflicts with your the other side of yourself that just wants to be seen as carefree and open and accepting. And so you'd have to do work there, right, around accepting. Like, yeah, there's all kinds of parts of ourselves, and sometimes they express themselves this way, and sometimes they express themselves this way. But let's integrate those. Right. right. And just, as you said, kind of like accepting who you are, your feeling, and kind of, as you said, like putting it kind of integrated to your personality, personality and the stories. 
So yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. I noticed we're toward the end of our time and I know you have a wonderful podcast and also like different resources. And I'm sure many of our listeners would like to contact you. So what would be the best way of contacting you? It's, I'm at drlizhypnosis.com. So it's a D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. And that you can find hypnosis information. You can find the podcast there, downloads, all kinds of stuff is there. My blog, my YouTube video, you know, I've, I've got it all covered. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I make sure I, I leave it in the show notes and I highly recommend people to check out your podcast. And also you have lots of great content. So I think that would be good. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, you're welcome. All Thanks right. for having me. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. I hope you found our discussion helpful about sexual jealousy. There was so much more content that we could have covered, but unfortunately, we ran out of time. So I just wanted to remind you that it's okay if you're experiencing sexual jealousy. It's at a certain degree, it's normal. We all are experiencing it from time to time. It's a matter of how you choose to act on it and reactions you're having to this sexual jealousy, is it uh, improving the relationship or getting in the way of getting closer to your partner? And it's important to remember that like healthy relationship entails seeing your partner as a separate individual with rights to be independent and free. And in order for you to be in a really healthy relationship, it's important for both of the partner and you to support each other to live and flourish because sometimes when our partner or we are uh, possessive or the possessive one, it can limit our worldview and it can harm our relationship. So I guess these are a few things to think about. And if you have any thoughts and reaction to this episode, you can email me or you can follow us and contact us on our social media, which is at Oasis2Care. It's Oasis number two care. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexology.com sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.